Hello and thank you for tuning in to the morning edition of the D1T in 5 for Monday August 8th. Let's jump into the top stories from over the weekend. Florida Gulf Coast President Mike Martin looks out into the future of college athletics. We're moving away from what the original intention of all this was into this enormous entertainment money generator, with all kinds of interest that transcends the interest of the institutions involved. March Madness will become much more controlled by a handful of schools, and automatic qualifiers that we now get from being in the ASUN will disappear. We got to make sure that we continue to emphasize what we do well. I think we have good athletes and good students, student-athletes across the board. And good coaches and a good philosophy about this being student-athlete-oriented. Find a level that we can compete. Create excitement on campus. Opportunities for student-athletes to gain something in the process. The Courier-Journal's Tim Sullivan says the compliance group is no longer working for Louisville as part of its NCAA defense, writing, the most recent contract of Smart's compliance group expired in June, but his company last billed university in November. Card's AD Josh Hurd adds, I think it was just a change in what was needed. There was no, hey, we're not using this guy anymore. We're just at a different stage of the process. So we shifted toward more of a litigator. Former Fox Sports Network's president Bob Thompson tells John Canzano.com's namesake he expects Notre Dame to generate $78 million in media revenues come 2026. Further stating, so as long as Notre Dame can get NBC and ACC payouts that get it in the mid $78 million per year, and they have a continued, guaranteed path to the college football playoff I really expect them to sit out this round of realignment. The Mercury News' John Wilner prognosticates on a potential Pac-12 grant of rights, noting that Commissioner George Klyovkov's challenge includes balancing flexibility and an opt-out clause for Washington, Oregon and Stanford while providing security for the remaining conference members within a six-to-eight-year deal. Wilner writing, why would the four corners agree? Welp, Utah won't sign a 10- or 12-year deal with the Big 12, and we aren't sure Arizona State would, either. Those schools want flexibility in case the long-anticipated FBS split unfolds and the call comes from the upper tier. The Phoenix media market is number one, per Nielsen DMAs. Also of note, the Pac-12's media rights negotiations are ongoing while the Big 12 still has two years to wait on its renegotiation window. Wilner also predicts a 50-50 chance that the Pac-12 and ACC strike a joint TV deal, creating a media partnership based on each league's Tier 3 infrastructure combining the ACC network with the Pac-12 network to create more subscribers and revenue. John Canzano.com's namesake continues with nuggets around potential conference realignment and shares some details of Stanford's standing. The projected media value of Stanford only falls somewhere around $38 million, according to the experts and analysts I consulted with. The other Big Ten members would have to be okay with subsidizing Stanford. Further writing, I'm told by Pac-12 sources that an uneven distribution of bowl game revenue and units from the men's basketball NCAA tournament is on the table. Basically, if you win big in football and basketball, you get a larger share of the proceeds generated by your success. Toledo AD Brian Blair sits down with athletic director used Ty M. Brown to discuss intricacies of his prep process and insights on steps to landing his first AD job. Blair details how to compare personal values with the DNA of an institution to determine fit, all the planning, scheduling and roadmapping leading up to his first official day, how to continue to build a relationship with your CEO, plus how he used previous search rejections as insights to refine his interview process. 
Blair lauds Rice AD Joe Carl Gard and Washington State AD Pat Chun for preparing him to think like an AD, but specifically, also prepared for how to articulate and express yourself in the interview that you have a plan, which is really, really important for those who haven't sat in the chair, yet give your president confidence that you can be the guy or the girl leading and organization. ESPN's David Hale examines the struggles of college football teams from the Northeast in recent years, observing that, during its peak in the 1970s, Northeastern schools made regular appearances near the top of the polls, averaging at least one team in the top 10 every week of the decade. But those numbers have dipped consistently since, with only Penn State cracking the top 10 in the past 13 years. Hale goes on to note that 30 years ago, Former Penn State head football coach Joe Paterno sought to solidify the region in a fashion similar to what the Big East had done in basketball, however, Syracuse, Pittsburgh and Boston College, the other Northeastern football powers of the time, were hesitant to leave the Big East, and the Nittany Lions were fielding interest from the ACC and Big Ten. Former Big East Commissioner Mike Trangese, I still think if someone had been able to put together the right football league with the right concepts, it could have been done. If there'd been a Dave Gavitt on the football side, there'd be an Eastern Conference right now, and the whole world would change. Thank you for tuning in to the morning edition of the D1T in 5 for August 8th. We'll see you back here this afternoon.